0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. All right, let's get into the word, Philippians chapter four, we're at verse four. You'll recall we went over this verse last week, just kind of overlapping a little bit, but this is a great verse. How many of you know you always have a choice? I want that to soak in. You always have a, you know, when you say that, well, we didn't have a choice. Well, you, you, really what you meant was I only had one option. It was good, not great or terrible, or maybe all the options were like, oh, (laughs) they were all terrible, but I had to pick. You always have a choice. Someone say, I always have a choice. You always have a choice. Look at this. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Is joy a a choice? It is, huh? Do you always feel like operating in joy? No, heavens. Some of my best times praising God were the worst times. Some of my best times in God's presence praising Him were some of the toughest times of my life. I've gone through a season lately where I'm going to be honest with you. I said, man, I've got to actively engage my will, my personality, and just praise Him. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Someone say rejoice. Do you know that according to Scripture in the New Testament, one reference, and we're not going to go there tonight, but it's Ephesians five twenty, is it says to thank God always for all things. Now that's deep, but that's also troubling to some people. Say, how can I thank Him for everything? My relative just died. My Here's a simple way of looking at it. There's always something to be grateful for, even in the worst of circumstances. My mom went to heaven. That's exactly what it was. We're going to miss her. We say we will not see her again the rest of our living days on this planet. But she went to heaven. Someone said, man, I remember a guy told me he, was all, he got bitter about it. He said, she was such a good woman, a woman of God, man. And why didn't God heal her? I said, I don't understand everything, but I know she's healed now. There's always something positive to look at and be full of joy about and rejoice about, even in the toughest of situations. I wasn't going to take it in that direction, but I think there's some folks in here going through some stuff, and you've got to learn to praise God in the tough circumstance. And thank Him for the circumstance, because guess what? The toughest of circumstances are a gift hand-wrapped by God with a benefit for you inside. They are. There's always something in everything that's good for you. You say, man, that was a rotten thing. That was tough. I don't know. Mm. All things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose, Romans 8:28. So always be full of joy in the Lord. and that, That's a tall order, isn't it? I say it again, rejoice. Keep praising him. Keep rejoicing no matter what. Look at verse 5. Let everyone see that you are considerate. In all you do, that's also a tall order, isn't it? Some of us, it comes easier to be considerate. Some of us, it's not as easy, right? Let everyone see that you are considerate. You care about the people around you. When you make decisions, you you are walking in love. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. So walk in love, be considerate, because Jesus is coming soon. That's good. Let's go on to this next verse. Now, this is an even taller order. Has anyone worried about anything within the last day? Raise your hand. Some are like, not me. Praise God. You had a day without worrying, man. You were a champion. I think I worried about something earlier today. I said, God, I'm sorry. That's yours. I'm going to give it to you. This verse says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Why would you pray about everything instead of worrying about it? Because that means you're transferring ownership to God. You're transferring the worry to him, huh? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. We're going to stay here for a minute. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. So let's let's do that again. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. I want you to take an active inventory right now. Just think about it. And think about the last time you worried. Did you pray about it or did you just worry about it? Think about that. You need to pray. Worry is going to happen. Life happens there's bills there's relationships there's things coming up there's things you don't want to deal with you say man this seems unreasonable but I'm worried about this a job interview or anything I don't know some of us are more natural worriers some of us are not Some, some don't care they're not worried about it but some worry about different things more than others but scripture here clearly says don't worry about anything what does anything mean Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And you should. Through the toughest of times, you should be praying like a house on fire. You really should. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Thank Him for the answers. I remember this is one of my mom's favorite verses to quote. It seems like. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. But tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Don't don't get stuck worrying about... Why do people worry, do you think? It comes from fear. Mm-hmm. That, that is a great answer. Why else? You ever thought of this? How about control? Sometimes we think that if we'll actively worry about something, we're not relinquishing control and we're going to help it. <laughs> How many times has worrying helped you fix something? Even secular psychologists believe... I don't know how they have proved this, but 90% of the stuff we worry about happening never happens. So the odds are on your side not to worry. Isn't that interesting? And sometimes stuff happens, you go, oh, I I knew it. Well, Job said that. The thing I've greatly feared has come upon me. We don't want to walk in fear. We don't. We don't want to practice that. Um, I believe it was at Pastor Jen's flourish meeting yesterday at a meeting and there was a guest speaker on zoom and look how powerful this is the woman of god said if you worry about stuff it makes it easier to keep worrying about stuff and if you learn to stop worry worry in its tracks it makes it easier to stop worrying in its tracks for the future she said something like that i think i was told Hmm. so practice makes better doesn't it The more you practice doing something, the more you're able to do it, like forgiving, walking in love, different things like that. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank him for all he has done. Before I move on, is worry a choice? Now, there's different discussions about this. Some say that we make up to three, four, five hundred choices a day. Some say that we make up to 10,000 decisions a day. You know, think about it. You're laying in bed before you get up and you decide what you think about right you go oh the the thought just came yeah but you can change the channel so you can basically decide what you think about then you decide am i going to turn over am i going to lay here you can decide if you worry you can decide am i going to get up and take a shower am i going to get up am i going to eat breakfast see all these choices am i going to smile am i going to be pleasant am i going to respond to that text am i going to look at the news everything's a choice So worry is a choice, isn't it? But to believe God is a choice. You with me still? One more time, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Let's move on. Then, someone say then. Very good. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Ooh, God's peace is far beyond anything we can understand or comprehend. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in what? Christ Jesus. So if you decide not to worry and decide to pray about everything and thank him for the answers, then God's peace comes upon you. Peace is a situation where you are in well-being. You say, man, all is right because God is in control. Someone say God is in control. He has not lost control. We want to hold on to control sometimes, but I'm telling you right now, God has not lost control. He has not. Man, are y'all okay with the temperature in here? Is it, it must be warm outside, huh? I know the air conditioners are blowing because we have it at a low temperature, but it must be hot. Man, even when the sun sets, y'all gonna be sweating a little bit as you eat that cheeseburger at the concert. <laughs> is it? This is off subject. But has anyone ever drank a cup of coffee on a warm day and started sweating? Like it made you break out in a sweat? Okay, good. I thought I was weird. I wasn't worried about it, I promise. But I thought, do I need to get my sweat glands checked? What's that? Caldo de pollo on a hot day. Years ago, we were in Dominican Republic. Those of you who have been there now, you'll know what we mean. It's hot and humid. It was in late July, early August. And me and Dad Brown were sitting on the porch of that little missionary casita, and we were drinking espresso out there, hot, just sweating but the espresso was good. It was. I'm sweating just thinking about it. Let's read this verse again. Let's start that one from the beginning. After you've decided not to worry, you've turned it over to God by prayer, and you're thanking him for the answers, you will experience God's peace. Someone say, peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, ooh, this is powerful. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in what? Christ Jesus hmm. so peace is a guard peace is where God has called you to be Jesus said my peace I give unto you that's powerful look at this and now dear brothers and sisters one final thing fix your thoughts on what is true oh man this is good this will help with worry as well fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Let's stay right there for a minute. It is, it is really hard to fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable if you're playing video games that are rated M for mature. Really? Man, I've, okay, when we were kids, man, we played, some of you folks in the crowd that have more experience than some of the other folks, you remember Atari? It was boxy and terrible, and we'd go, Look how realistic it is. You couldn't even tell what it was. A football game was sorry, and there'd be a little graphic moving like this, or Pong. And some of the games were cool Asteroids and different stuff like that, Pac Man. But then when Nintendo came out in the mid 80s, I remember going, Wow, this is it. They've arrived with Dot Matrix graphics. They have arrived. Wow, Super Mario Brothers. Even long after that, I always said, ah, the graphics aren't that important to me. It's how fun the game is, right? And games were clean back then. But at some point, they had to rate games. And the graphics got better and better, which, hmm, that's good and bad. They're more and more realistic, so they've gotten really diabolically creative with that for sexual themes, for violence, for all kinds of stuff. But I'm telling you right now, it's hard to fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable if you're putting junk in front of your face. Scripture says, man, I will not set my eyes on vile things. So be careful what you're looking at, all right? Be careful what you're looking at. You've got to fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, lovely and admirable. Is there funky stuff on Facebook? Now, I'm not saying it means all of Facebook is bad. There's some great purposes for Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. But is there junk on there? Sure. How about TikTok? Oh, heavens. You know that there's some real trash on there. There really is. And, I mean, you can find that on all kinds of stuff. But you need to find a way to fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure. Now, remember this. Scripture says flee or run from youthful lusts. Run from them. Why do you think that is? Sometimes, number one, you have a weakness for something if you have a weakness for alcohol and you say i've decided not to drink anymore which i would highly advise that's between you and god are you gonna or should you expose yourself to alcohol no so i'm just sitting around but man that's so tempting no i no no you gotta avoid it you say man I really struggle with my mouth. I'm a believer, but man, I'll slip and trip out and say some cuss words, but I'm hanging out with people that all they do is cuss. (laughs) You don't need that. You need to fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Are you with me? Sometimes you have to put yourself in a separate situation. You have to get away from stuff. There are things that I do not put up with and don't allow. I don't. And it goes without saying, people don't just show up at my house and start using dirty language. But... Still, if they did, you'd have to lay a boundary there. I remember one time, uh, it was in 2020, the, the year of infamy, infamy, right? 2020. What a crazy year. We were at the beach, and uh, we had a good deal on a little thing over there, and we st- it was one of our spots. And, man, there were these young guys, these nice-looking dudes, strong young dudes near the pool where we were at, and, man, they were they were peeling the wallpaper off with their language. I mean, just, just tough language. It was peeling the paint. Their language was so bad. And it was bothering us so bad. Finally, I went over to them, and they didn't like it. But I said, hey, man, you guys, your language is really offensive to us. Do you think you could tone it down a little bit, please? And they did not like that, but they listened. And that was a boundary. It was a boundary. And there's times you've got to stand up for stuff. Otherwise, you're just miserable. And how are you going to fix your thoughts on what is true? Man, you were there first, and people come in and bring all their junk, right? (laughs) Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Be careful what you see. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you are involved in. Be careful with the people you're around. You need to really obey the scripture right here because it's for your own good. It's for your own protection. Let's keep going. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise, not deep, dark, depressing things. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Let's go. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, the Apostle Paul said. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. He was a great example, so this is a great command. Then the God of peace will be what? With you. When you imitate the right things, you do the right thing, God's peace will be with you. All right? Is that powerful? It is. Look at what he says. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. <laughs> I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. He's speaking. This is a letter to this group of believers. Not that I was ever in need. Look at this. Look at what he says. This is powerful. For I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. Those of you who, who went on the mission trip, man, did that make you content with what you have in the U.S.? Things like air conditioning. Some of you are like, man, I just wanted to be able to flush toilet paper down the toilet. Some of you flushed and you would accidentally put toilet paper in there and you went chasing it. It happens. You will know one day when you go on a mission, oh, I don't want to clog up this thing, man, because it will be bad later. And it happens. I'm telling you, it does. Chase that toilet paper. Just delightful. Anyway. He said, I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. That's gratefulness, isn't it? That's learning to rejoice wherever you are. That's powerful. (laughs) Content with whatever I have. Look at verse 12. (laughs) I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full what? A full stomach or empty with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me, me strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Some of you remember this verse. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can get through it. I can do it. I can do it. Verse 14. Even so, you've done well to share with me in my present difficulties. He's not complaining. He's just giving the facts. Verse 15. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from macedonia no other church did this wow they were givers even when i was in thessalonica you sent help more than once i didn't say this because i want to give from you rather i want you to receive a reward for your kindness isn't that powerful you will always receive something from god when you give always always at the moment i have all i need and more i'm generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with epaphroditus someone say epaphroditus that's pretty good they are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. Man, when you give, it is a sacrifice that God recognizes and He honors. Verse 19. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs. Wow, another important, powerful, um, well-known verse. This same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from His glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches, right? Now all glory to God our father forever and ever. Amen. Let me go ahead and finish this book. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people. Remember holy means they've been set apart. All who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings. And all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. <laughs> that was the emperor of Rome and there were people who had come to Jesus, and they lived in Caesar's palace and his household servants, workers, whatever. And that's, that's amazing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So we finished Philippians. Any questions at all, but it has to be on the book of Philippians. It can't be about the fair. Which I know you're not going to have any questions. All right. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes. If there is anyone at the sound of my voice tonight who says, Pastor Matt, I don't know where I'd go if I died. If I crossed over into eternity, I don't know where I would spend eternity, whether it be in heaven or hell. I need to make sure. I have never accepted Jesus and made him my Savior and Lord. If that's you tonight, raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you as a family, not to embarrass you, not to put you on the spot. But if you say, you know what, I have never accepted Jesus or made him my Lord. Now is the time to do it. Would you raise your hand? I will pray with you right now. We will pray with you. If that's you, raise that hand. If not, let's pray together anyway, just in case someone listening or watching this has never accepted Jesus. Say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Come into my heart. Govern my life. See, I confess and I believe that Jesus is my Lord. I believe he died and rose again for me. Thank you for saving me, Lord, from myself and from hell. I believe because I am a believer and I am now your child. In Jesus' name.